Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, August 23rd, 2018, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. Today's show is presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PIC, P-I-C, that's promo code PIC, P-I-C. At DraftKings, there are no season-long commitments. Pick your sport on any given day, draft the lineup, and then win cash prizes. And why wait for the NFL regular season when you can put in a preseason lineup? That's right, the NFL preseason. This is the third week of NFL preseason action. Some call it the dress rehearsal, the official dress rehearsal for NFL teams where uh, the ones or the starters will be getting the most reps out of any preseason game. Whether you call it the dress rehearsal or not, you can put in a DraftKings lineup for the third week of the preseason. You can pick from six games on Friday night, tomorrow night, in the NFL 15K Play Action Contest or in the NFL 150K dress rehearsal where there's $150,000 in total prizes with first place getting $50,000. And if you're listening to this after those Friday night games have already been played, then you can go in and put your lineup in for week one, the week one slate, which is Sunday, September 9th, just two weeks away. Uh, You can already pick that. I've gone over the last couple podcasts. I've gone over... And some of the prices for some players, Tom Brady in week one is the most expensive quarterback, Uh, but you can go put in your week one lineup right now and sign up using promo code PIC, P-I-C, to play for free with your first deposit. That's promo code PIC, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. I cannot wait until the regular season begins, but uh, before I do get into the show today on this Thursday, August 23rd, I got to let you know. No shows next week. I am on vacation, taking a week off before we get all in to the NFL season. So uh, I'll be away all of next week and most likely off of the radar until after Labor Day. And that's when you'll have the first installment of Picks Picks for NFL Week 1 and my official NFL season predictions. So uh, after today, the next time I'll talk to you will be Tuesday, September 4th. But I will be releasing a new YouTube Pick Up Your Sticks episode. And that episode will be a Madden 19 episode. I played against Brandon Wahlberg. Uh, Wahlberg is cast member if you watch the Wahlberg is reality TV show. Brandon Wahlberg, he came in studio. We played a game of Madden 19 on the Xbox One. You can see that on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picard in a show that We like to call Pick Up Your Sticks. Again, subscribe right now, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. I will be releasing that episode with Brandon Wahlberg playing Madden 19 in just a couple days. I just challenged Tory Krug of the Boston Bruins, actually. I just sent him a tweet challenging him to a game of NHL 19. I I sent him this on Twitter because I'm going to be getting NHL 19 early with my partnership with EA Sports. I'll be getting NHL 19 before it's released. I'll be getting NBA Live 19 before it's released. So I'll be doing some giveaways. So go subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, 
I, I hope Tory Krug accepts my challenge because it, it sounds like he enjoys playing the NHL video games and I'm going to be getting NHL 19 early. So hopefully he will accept the challenge and, and that'll be another episode for you against Tory Krug playing NHL 19. But uh, until then... We shall move on from hockey. It is not the time to talk about hockey. It is the time to talk about football. And as I mentioned, the dress rehearsal is this weekend. Now, bringing it back here to New England and the New England Patriots, as you know, that's my team and, and that's who I talk about the most. Not that I ignore the NFL. I mean, during the NFL season, I, I cover it all, right? Picks, picks uh, every Thursday. And then on Monday, I react to everything that happened in the entire week. Of, of that NFL week. So I do more than just Patriots, but but here in the preseason, it's mostly Patriots. And the Patriots are in Carolina Friday night, tomorrow night, Friday night at 7.30 against the Panthers. And uh, I, I is this going to be the dress rehearsal for the Patriots or was the second preseason game their dress rehearsal? Well, Because Tom Brady, he played the whole first half of the second preseason game. I mean, I think by usual standards, Tom Brady, I think in the third preseason game, what does he usually play a little into the third quarter, right? Is that what we usually see? Will he do that because he played the entire first half of the second preseason game? I have no idea. I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't. Here's what I'll say, though. If you told me that Tom Brady and even maybe Rob Gronkowski... If you told me that those guys didn't take another snap in the preseason and and they just were on to the regular season, then I'd be fine with it. I would. I'd be fine with it. I would. If you told me Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski were not going to take another snap in the preseason, I would be just fine with that. I don't need them to play preseason football. In fact, what we saw from Tom Brady in the second preseason game, it looks like it looks like he he, he still has it, right? Tom Brady's still got it. So, the last thing that I want to see is one of those guys take a hit in a meaningless game. That's the last thing I want to see. So, if you told me that those guys didn't take another snap in the preseason, I would be just fine for it, fine with it. In fact, I'm, I'm almost asking for it. Like, don't, I don't want to see Tom Brady Friday night in Carolina. I don't, I don't want to see Gronk. Certainly, you won't see them in the fourth and final game against the Giants on Thursday, August 30th, next Thursday. You're not going to see Brady and Gronk in that game. Um, but the third game is usually what everyone calls the dress rehearsal, and it's when the starters play the most out of the preseason. But because we saw Brady playing an entire first half in the second game, I don't need to see that again. We, we know. We get it. I think Tom Brady gets it. I think Josh McDaniels gets it with Tom Brady. I think that Chris Hogan, Julian Edelman, a couple of the running backs, I think they get it with Tom Brady. You know, because you also have a situation on the offensive line where you're trying to figure some things out with the left tackle and you lose the kid, Isaiah Wynn, to an Achilles injury out for the season, you lose an offensive lineman. I mean, you know, there are some questions on the offensive line. Even more of a reason to not play Tom Brady again in the preseason, the rest of this preseason. Again, you're not going to play him in the fourth game. We know that. But should you play him in this third one? I mean, I wouldn't. 
And if he does play, I, I hope, you know, I, I hope that he doesn't take a hit that everybody in that organization will regret, would regret for the rest of their lives. I get it. You, these guys might not function like that. And sometimes if you do function like that, going into any game or practice, and I say function like that, I mean, you know, function like, hey, what if we get hurt? Like, you're not going to function like that. That's uh, If you function like that, you're probably going to get hurt. I understand that. But there's a conversation that Bill Belichick can have with Tom Brady, that Josh McDaniels can have with Tom Brady before the game. And I realize the competitor in Tom Brady is, is probably going to say, hey, I want to play in this one. But I, I, I hope that, <laughs> I hope that they can be smart about it. And, and, and I don't need to see Brady in a preseason game. That's all. And they shouldn't need to see him in one either. He shouldn't need to see himself in one to know that he still has it, that he's still got it. Patriots begin the regular season Sunday, September 9th at home against the Houston Texans, a 1 o'clock kickoff on CBS. And I'm looking at the Patriots schedule. I'm not giving you a prediction yet. My, my predictions will come not next week, as I told them, on vacation next week, but the week after that. Uh, right after Labor Day, my predictions will come. And, you know, I'm looking at the Patriots schedule, though. And you, you, everybody's done their fantasy drafts, right? Well, you got them coming up. You, you get it. You know what the rest of the league looks like by now. And I'm looking at the schedule. Patriots' schedule is tough. If there's anybody out there that's telling you the Patriots have an easy schedule, then I just think they're trying to fire you up. They're, they're trying to get you phone calls on their radio shows. They're trying to get you to be fired up and throw shit at the TV as you, you watch them, you know, rant and rave about how the Patriots have an easy schedule. Because it's not easy. It's not easy. I mean, the Houston game alone, to begin the season, is tough. You saw, you know, the battle that Houston gave the Patriots last year. Uh, and then you're in Jacksonville. That's not going to be easy. That's a rematch of the AFC Championship. We know how good Jacksonville is. Um, Detroit. In Detroit. You know, the fact that that one's on the road. Hey, that that's not going to... I don't think that's going to be an easy game either. And then you got the divisional game against Miami. We know how those ones go. Those ones are dogfights. Indianapolis. The return of Andrew Luck. What's that going to look like with T.Y. Hilton? And... You know, he's got the tight end and Doyle that he likes to throw to. I mean, I don't, I don't know that that's going to be easy. Kansas City, they don't have Alex Smith anymore. Patrick Mahomes, their quarterback, but they still have some weapons on offense, as you know. And if their defense is anything that we used to seeing out of Kansas City, I don't think that's going to be an easy game either. Then you go to Chicago. Um, if you've watched the Bears in Chicago, not an easy place to win. And you got to think that the Bears with Trubisky there, they're looking to, you know, they're looking to take a step in the right direction this year. Then you're in Buffalo. Again, divisional game on the road, not an easy one. Then against Green Bay. It speaks for itself. Uh, at Tennessee, a playoff team from last year. You got the bye in week 11. At the Jets, Minnesota. You gotta, you're going to have a lot of people putting Minnesota in the Super Bowl coming out of the NFC. They got... Uh, Kirk Cousins under center. Though I would never put my money on Kirk Cousins. I just I did it a lot last year, and I know he was on a different team. Um, I still 
I still think that there is something missing with Kirk Cousins that I'm not putting him in that elite level of quarterbacks. I'm just not doing it. There's that mistake-prone decision-making, I think, that he has still in his repertoire that I'm not going to... I'm not even going to say that Kirk Cousins is really an upgrade from what they had last year. I'm not. It's all about Minnesota's defense. And if they can get the kid in the backfield to be a stud coming off the injury, we'll see what Minnesota does. Uh, But that's not going to be an easy game still. Then at Miami, then at Pittsburgh, that really is that game at Pittsburgh, probably once again going to be the game that decides who has the one seed in the AFC and really, you know, the road to the Super Bowl go through them. Uh, And then Buffalo, New York. This is not an easy schedule. You know, the only games on this schedule that I look at and I say, like, they're going to win these games. I mean, look, I mean, don't don't take that the wrong way. I, I I believe the Patriots will go twelve and four at the very least. That they will have twelve wins. But you know, the only, the guarantees like, hey, you look at it. When I say guarantee, I mean you look at it and you go, that's a win. Before even thinking about it, it's the game against Tennessee. They should beat Tennessee. Even Kansas City at home. You know, without Alex Smith. That's a win. Um, but, I mean, I, I just I look at the schedule, man, and it, this is tough. This is going to be a tough schedule for the Patriots. That, that's the way I look at it. So anyone that's telling you going in that, ah, oh, they're playing this team, that team, it's an easy team, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think this is a tough schedule. I looked at a couple websites, very reputable websites, that, that tried to tell me that the Patriots had one of the easiest schedules, and I I don't get that. I, I really don't. I don't get that at all from this. Um, I really don't. So, that, that I, I'm going to save my prediction. I'm not going to say anything else because I don't want to... I, I don't want to give away... I just kind of teased maybe the record I'm going to give them, 12 and 4, but is that really a surprise? I mean, would you really be surprised as as... Much as I just said, I, I think it's a I do think it's a tough schedule for the Patriots. Um like I think they I think we're looking at a good amount of playoff teams that they're gonna be playing in the regular season here. And also a few Super Bowl contenders. Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Green Bay. Right? You might you're gonna have some people out there throwing Jacksonville. In the Super Bowl. I'm telling you right now, based on what they did last year. Um, people are going to be high on Andrew Luck. Right? People are going to look at Houston, the return of Deshaun Watson, and they're going to be high on the Texans. This is not an easy schedule. It's not. So uh, anyone who tells you that is just trying to get you fight up. But it's still the preseason. And in that preseason, the Patriots have made some moves here. They've cut Kenny Britt, wide receiver Kenny Britt. You know, if they kept him, it's one of the. This is one of those guys. Like, if they kept him, I'd be like, all right, they're gonna see what they have with him. Uh, maybe for the long haul. And I say long haul, I mean the rest of the season. But if they cut him, like, I'm not gonna be shocked because it's you know it's a it's what the Patriots do. You know, when I wrote a column. Last week about how I thought Eric Decker could be somebody that the Patriots 
could end up relying on and somebody that could actually step into a large role in this Patriots offense, you know, there's a big risk that I'm taking right in that column. Like, I even acknowledged it in the column when I wrote it. I said, I understand that by the time you read this column in print in the Boston Metro newspaper, Eric Decker could be cut. That's just, you know, that's just what the Patriots do, right? They'll hit you with that news. It's like, yep, yep, this guy's cut. Um, But they cut Kenny Britt. I wouldn't be surprised either way, regardless of what happened with him. But because they cut Kenny Britt, some people are asking, does that open the door for Des Bryant to sign with the Patriots? And all I could say with that is, I hope so. I hope so. And I understand that Des Bryant, at least from the outside looking in, looks like he comes with some baggage, right? It looks like this is a guy who, I don't know, does he seem like kind of a hothead? Does he seem like somebody who could be somewhat of a problem child who isn't about the team and, you know, maybe he's going to sign a one-year deal with someone and is really playing for himself? But I also look at that and say, well, if he's signing a one-year deal with someone, he's motivated to get the multi-year big money contract next year, similar to the Eric Decker deal. Look, Des Bryant has all the talent in the world. And Des Bryant, I guess, has... He's giving some fuel to this fire because what did he comment on Instagram to someone that Tom Brady has always been his favorite quarterback? Like he's just throwing throwing that out there. There's no doubt in my mind that there's a method to his madness with that Instagram comment. You know, who wouldn't want to play with Tom Brady, especially a receiver of that caliber in Des Bryant who just played with someone in Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys offense that you know, relies heavily on the run game with Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, and Dak Prescott, I I like him. I think he's a good young quarterback, but he's not Tom Brady. I know that. You know that. Des Bryant knows that. And, um, you know, I think if Des Bryant had an opportunity to play for the Patriots and play with Tom Brady, he would. The question would be, I don't think it's a question. So I don't think it's a question of does Des Bryant want to play for the Patriots. I, I think he does want to play for the Patriots. Who wouldn't want to play with the Patriots? I think the question will be, do the Patriots want to deal with that? You know, the problem I do have with that comment is, what is that? You know, a lot of people say that. You know, people say, oh, the Patriots, they don't need Des Bryant. They don't need to deal with that. What is that? I Because I'm not going to lie to you. I don't actually know the answer to that question. And, 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 it's, it, there are always players, they have this hanging over their head, like, oh, there's baggage, right? He's not a team player. He's, he seems somewhat selfish. You know, we've seen him kind of a hothead on the sidelines, maybe saying some things to his quarterback. Uh, you know, he's somebody that, you know, is just gonna, just gonna give you problems, gonna give you coaching staff problems, gonna give you quarterback a headache. Do you want to deal with that? And I guess I have to take a step back and say, is it that big of a deal? Like, what is the issue sometimes with these guys? Right? Is it that they have baggage, they're a hothead, they're selfish? Or is it that they've just been playing in an organization that isn't winning? They have a quarterback that throws the big pick in the big spot. That, that, isn't the game changer your team needs to be able to take that next step to be a Super Bowl contender. 
Like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Is it the frustrated wideout, the frustrated wide receiver, or is it the quarterback that can't get your team over the hump? Because that can then lead to a frustrated wide receiver who feels like he has all the tools to make the difference, but if the quarterback can't get him the football in the big spots, then then that, that that's where the frustration comes in for that wide receiver. So what is it? I don't know. You know, I try to watch the Cowboys. I watch a lot of NFL. Um, I think a Cowboy fan would have to tell me what came first. Des Bryant, the headache, the selfish wide receiver, or the offense that struggles because the quarterback just isn't good enough to get the job done. What comes first there? And if you're Bill Belichick, you're Tom Brady, do you coordinate on things like this? Do you talk about things like this? I think you probably do. You know, there's a lot of people in the media that will tell you, no way, no no chance in hell is Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, no chance in hell do they sit in the same room and discuss potential moves on the offense when it comes to the roster. No chance in hell. They hate each other. They're stealing each other's lunch money when, when they're not looking. <laughs> That's not what's going on with those two. I guarantee you they have the conversation about Des Bryant. They might be having it right fucking now, for all we know, right? They might be, you know, by the time you listen to this podcast, Des Bryant might be a Patriot, or he could be a Cleveland Brown. I don't know. Like, I don't know what what to think with a guy like this. What I would like to see happen is if you're the Patriots, take a flyer on him. Now, I don't know, again, I don't know what Des Bryant wants for contract. Like, maybe that's the holdup. Maybe he wants maybe he wants $60 million guaranteed. Like, I don't know. Obviously, you're not going to do that. But if there's a one-year deal to be had with Des Bryant, let's say, how about two-year deal? Two-year deal. First year guaranteed. You know, you won't owe him anything in the second year. Essentially making it a one-year deal. And he could take a flyer on him for the second if it works out. I mean, if it's something like that, and you're the Patriots, why not? You just took a flyer on Kenny Britt. You just took a flyer on Eric Decker. As much as I just told you, I think Eric Decker is going to be motivated and, and you know, is somebody that could have a larger role than maybe people think on this Patriots offense. It's still Eric Decker. If you line them up against the wall right now, Eric Decker, Des Bryant, forget about salaries, forget about, you know, personalities. I'm talking about talent, skill. You need to line up somebody on the outside, say, we're going deep. We need a little fade route. I'm lobbing it up there. Go get it, big dog. Who are you taking off that wall first? You taking Eric Decker over Des Bryant? Get the fuck out of here. You're a liar. You take Des Bryant. No questions asked. You don't even hesitate. So if you're the Patriots, like, how can it hurt you? How can it hurt? How can it hurt? And I'm willing to put my money. The question I ask, what comes first? The bad attitude with the wide receiver? The selfishness? The frustrated wideout? Who, 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 who makes himself look like a diva? Hothead? Psychopath? Like, what comes first? The frustrated wide receiver? Or the offense that can't get the job done and can't get that receiver the ball in the big spot? 
enough so to get that team over the hump and, and turn them in to a championship contender. What comes first? I'm with, when I look at the Cowboys, and I get it, I'm not a Cowboys season ticket holder. I don't watch all 16 Cowboys games in a regular season. But I watch a good amount of NFL football to the point where I've seen the Cowboys the last couple of years, and I kind of know their offensive situation. You know, it's Zeke, Zeke, and more Zeke. Right? And it's Dak. He's good, but is he good enough to keep Des Bryant happy? Not not really. Not really. I'm willing to put my money on, when it comes to the question, what came first? The frustrated wide receiver or the team that the offense that can't get the job done? The quarterback that ultimately can't get the job done. I'm going to put my money on the, the offense that can't get the job done, came first, and then the receiver got frustrated. And then the baggage, or so it looks, came along with Des Bryant. So if Des Bryant plays for the Patriots, and the Patriots are winning, and Tom Brady is getting him the football, then is Des Bryant going to be a problem? No, he's not. And you know what happens if he becomes a problem? You do exactly what you did to a guy that just got enshrined in Canton a couple weeks ago, Randy Moss. You say, it's a business decision. You know, you're a good player, but we got to move on. It's the Patriot way. It's what we do. And then you coordinate years down the road, and that player says, wow, I really fucked up. Yeah, I really messed up getting out of there. Being selfish, talking about my contract. I mean, like, I don't think this is complicated. If you're the Patriots, if Des Bryant is available, why wouldn't you bring him in? I, I, you know, the only holdup I would think there could be is maybe Des Bryant wants right now wants the four or five year deal with 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 fifty two million guaranteed. Like obviously you're not going to do that if you're Bill Belichick. Like like you know, like the minute you even hear a multi year deal, you might hang the phone up before you even hear a salary that the guy's asking for. So, but I'm telling you, if there's a deal, a one year deal to be had. Oh, it's a no-brainer. You do it. You take a flyer. No question. And I'd put money that actually worked out. So my message to the Patriots, if 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 the money's right, if the terms of the deal when it comes to the years is right, then it's a no-brainer. Go get him. Bring Des Bryant in. I'll pick him up at Logan for you. Let's go. So... The Kenny Britt stuff, it has led to a Des Bryant. Is it a rumor? I don't know. But people have been asking. I even, I tweeted Des Bryant. I said, what's up, kid? What's up, kid? Let's go. Let's go. You want to you wanna have a chance to win a Super Bowl? This is the place for you. You sign the one-year deal, have a chance to win, then you get that multi-year contract with a team that doesn't have a chance to win next year. Right? I mean, isn't that the way he should be playing it? Yeah. And if that's the way he wants to play it, the Patriots should play it the same way. Say, all right, let's go. Let's get it done. Bring him in. Des Bryant. Signed, sealed, delivered. There we go. Got Edelman out for the first four games. Des Bryant. You know, maybe maybe you cut Eric Decker at that point. I don't know. I'm not ruling out they cut another wide receiver. I'm not. So that's what we got with the Pats. You know, they might, make, they might bring Des Bryant in. Des Bryant... Maybe he's with another team by the time you listen to this. I don't know, but as I'm recording this, he's still out there. The Patriots, I I think would be a good fit for him. I think it'd be a good fit for him. 
And he would be a good fit for the Patriots. No question about it. Because the Patriots are going to win. And I think if they win, you know, they're getting the ball to Des Bryant. And if Des Bryant's winning and getting the ball, he's happy. And there are no headaches. And there are no problems. And there is no baggage. Winning heals all in the National Football League. Heals all. So um, that's what we got with the NFL. Again, I'll be back after next week to give picks picks for week one, where I give you five games with the spread every Thursday. I'll also give you my NFL season predictions that week. Uh, I'm going to be doing another segment with DraftKings again, where I give you the gotta have them play for that Sunday slate. Where I give you one guy you gotta have in your lineup, in your DraftKings lineup. So uh, the NFL season, always one of the more exciting times of the year on this show. So I hope you can join me and download this show. Uh, wherever podcasts are available, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Podcast One, you name it, you can get it. Also on my website, DannyPicard.com. So uh, the NFL season will be here soon enough, and I can't wait. College football will be here, not this weekend, but the weekend after that, right? And uh, there is some college football news, which is really major news. Major news. Because I told you a couple weeks ago that Urban Meyer, head coach of Ohio State, I told you Urban Meyer was not going to survive the situation that he's in with his assistant coach or former assistant coach and the accusations of domestic violence against that former assistant coach where it kind of looked like maybe Urban Meyer you know, either covered it up or didn't do enough to bring it to the forefront. <laughs> and, 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 and basically, you know, he turned a blind eye to domestic violence is really what Urban Meyer has been accused of. Now, there's been an investigation, but before the results of this investigation, I told you on this show, I don't think Urban Meyer is going to survive this situation. Like, I just don't. I don't. Right? Well, at least for now, I was wrong. Urban Meyer, the news yesterday on Wednesday is that Ohio State coach Urban Meyer has been suspended three games for his handling of a domestic violence accusation with one of his assistant coaches. Investigators say they had reasons to doubt that Urban Meyer was being completely forthcoming during the investigation. And the example they give, one of the examples, is that they say he might have deleted some text messages which would have shown that he knew about the extent of the domestic violence accusations against his assistant coach, and he chose really not to not to do much about it, or at least not to do enough about it, right? So he'll be suspended three games. Basically, the investigation saw that, you know, they doubted he was telling them the whole truth. They think he might have deleted some text messages. They don't, they can't find the proof though, right? They can't find the proof. They have doubt. And unfortunately, doubt is not enough evidence to, to oust him, I guess. But I thought, I thought this would come about. Maybe there'd be a suspension and he would resign. Like I, I just thought there would be so many people and maybe that still happens. I don't, I mean, he had the press conference yesterday. It <laughs> wasn't a great look. It wasn't a great look for Urban Meyer. So maybe he won't resign. But he, what we know right now is that he's going to serve a three-game suspension for 
his handling of the, these domestic violence accusations against one of his former assistant coaches and, uh, you know, ba- basically doubt is not enough to oust him. So they doubted he was telling the truth. They didn't, they didn't think he was telling the truth, but they couldn't really prove it, right? Couldn't really prove it. Now, here's the thing. You know, to a man, you know, us talking to each other. Um, what, if, you, if you had to put your money on something, right? Not to take domestic violence and, and bring it into the gambling world, but, but let, let's be honest about something here, folks. If you were to put your money on, on Urban Meyer knowing about this domestic violence, these domestic violence accusations, if you were to put your money on Urban Meyer knowing about these accusations and not reacting to it in the correct manner on purpose, would you? Would you put your money on Urban Meyer knowing about the domestic violence accusations and choosing not to handle this the right way? Would you put your money on that? I mean, I probably would. And, and that's just based on things that I've learned about the football culture, right? I mean, the, these guys try to eliminate distractions at all costs. They don't try to bring them to the forefront. And in this case, Urban Meyer was completely wrong, right? I mean, he, he probably should not survive this because of that, but it looks like he will because of the lack of hot evidence. But, I mean, the football culture, what I've learned, and look, this is, it sucks for the good people in the game. It does. It sucks for the good people. And I'm sure there's a lot of good people, but when these guys that are in positions of power, whether it's at the college level, the D1 level, um, or whether it's, you know, the NFL level, the professional level, these guys do everything they can to eliminate distractions, even if it means pushing aside domestic violence accusations. I mean, would you put your money on Urban Meyer pushing some of this stuff aside in order to, you know, in order to avoid and eliminate this distraction? I would put my money on that. I would. So, look, it's not like he's completely innocent. He's serving a three-game suspension. Right? So there's something there that they saw. It's just a lack of hot evidence, I guess, to oust him. But if I had to put my money on Urban Meyer, basically knowing about these accusations and choosing not to react to it in the right way because he was just trying to you know, eliminate a distraction and and hope that maybe this never got to this point, I put my money on him doing that. And that's just, is it unfair to some people in the football world? Oh, it's unfair to a lot of people in the football world. But that's just, unfortunately, it's just kind of what I've learned with the football culture. Eliminate distractions at all costs. At all costs is the part that I've learned. So, uh, that's the Urban Meyer, Ohio State news. I don't, I don't do college football. I don't do college sports that much. And here in this town, you know, this is a professional sports town, but that's a story that, you know, should not be ignored by anybody because it's a serious matter. Domestic violence is a serious matter, and there have been many domestic violence situations in the football world that I feel like, you know, people do not take seriously enough. People in power in the football world do not 
react in a way in which they should, because if they did react in a way in which they should, it would create a very large distraction to that university or that professional organization. Um, and, and, and the football culture, they are trying to eliminate distractions as much as possible, unless, unless there are a couple PSIs lost in a football. We can't, we can't have that. I, right? Unless a couple PSIs are lost in a football, then we create the distraction for our league or an organization and our football culture. Right? And that's what I've learned in all this. That's what I've learned in all this. So uh, it's unfortunate that's where we're at with the football culture, but but that's where we are at. Right? So moving on from that, we got to get to some baseball because. We are getting close to the postseason baseball, and I think we all know in this town the Red Sox have the division. But even though I say they have the division all wrapped up, I I don't think it's crazy if we see the Red Sox go on some type of losing skid, right? And they lost three games in a row uh, before beating Cleveland Wednesday night at Fenway, and they'll play actually an afternoon game today on this Thursday, August 23rd, and you might, that game might be over by the time you listen to this. So I'm not going to, I don't know what the result of that game is. David Price is on the mound, but even if, even if they lose and it ends up being the Red Sox, you know, lose three of four. Look, this is just a 162 game regular season playing out. That's just what happens. I mean, it's actually, I'm surprised that as good as the Red Sox are, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. Like I'm surprised the Red Sox, haven't lost 8 of 10 yet. But could that happen now? It might. They'll still win the division. As I record this, they have 89 wins. 89 wins. That's already, on August 23rd, that's already more wins than one of the two wildcard teams in the American League last year. I mean, so the Red Sox are getting the playoffs, one. Two, they're going to win the division. And they're going to win the division even if they go on a losing skid right now that might see them lose 8 of 10. I, I, I'm, I'm actually surprised it hasn't happened sooner. So, And that's not to say they're a bad team. That's not to say that they're going to, that, you know, losing 8 of 10 potentially means they're going to choke in the playoffs. It's just, it's, it's what happens in a 162-game season, even for the best teams that have ever existed in this league. It's a long season. It is a grind of a season. And uh, yeah, I, maybe this is the beginning of, you know, maybe the Red Sox are in the middle now of one of those stretches where they're not going to get the breaks. You know, they're going to run into a couple hot pitches and they're going to have some slumps and it all comes together at once and they do lose 8 of 10. I don't know. Even if they do, they're still going to win the AL East. Okay? They're going to win the AL East. I told you on Monday's podcast, if the Chris Sale thing is serious, which, again, I have concerns about, you know, like, they brought him back pretty quick off the DL stint the first time to take on the lowly Baltimore Orioles, who right now are 51 and a half games out of first place. I mean, 51 and a half games. And Chris Sale is out there throwing 100 miles an hour. It's like, why? You know, if the reason to put him on the DL because he had inflammation in the shoulder was to just be precautious, why are you bringing him out so soon against Baltimore? 
And then to put him back on the DL so soon after that, it's like, well, he must have felt something again. Which means that if he's feeling something again, there's something in there they don't, the team doesn't like, the doctors don't like, and there's something in there that Chris Sale feels that he doesn't like. Which, which concerns me. Because if you don't have Chris Sale in game one of the ALDS, it's a problem. You know, this Red Sox team right now, look at the last two postseasons. Last year against Houston. Tough start to that series. The year before that against Cleveland. Tough series. I mean, there's sort of a monkey on this team's back, and that monkey is, you got to get off to a good start in the ALDS. And that means game one. And that means Chris Sale. That means being dominant. If you don't have him healthy, that means you're putting your money on, that means you're putting your money on David Price. How, how are you really going to, as good as he might look here this year in the regular season, how are you going to put your money on David Price as a starter in the postseason? You going to do that? I'm not going to do that. Rick Porcello? Eh, I mean, again, the hope is there because he has a nice regular season that it turns out in the postseason, but the, uh, that doesn't always happen. You know, you might be looking at someone like Nathan Evaldi you have to put your money on. It's just, you want Chris Sale, you want him healthy, you need him healthy. And I hope they're just being precautious, but I have my doubts because of the way it's gone down here. So that's really the only concern moving forward that I would have. Not if they go on a little losing skid. Uh, that's not going to be a concern to me. The concern is, yeah, and if they want to keep Chris Sale out till September 15th, be my guest. Be my guest. You want to keep him out for another month? Be my guest. Be my guest. If it means having Sale fully healthy in game one of the ALDS, keep Chris Sale out as long as you possibly want. Don't rush him back. Don't don't rush him back for a game against the Marlins or the White Sox, right? Or the Mets. Like, those are the teams they're going to be playing. Or Toronto. Don't do that. Don't do that. So, uh, I'll keep my eye on the Red Sox. But as we get closer to the postseason, the only thing that really will concern me moving forward is the health of Chris Sale. And in other news, as I wrap up the show, wrap up the week, and move on to my vacation before the NFL season uh, begins and we get into full swing with that, there was some news in the golf world this week that Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, we've talked about this a couple times, they are going to go head-to-head. In a one-on-one, we we heard initially for $10 million winner-take-all. Well, it is out now. We know when it's going to be. We know where it's going to be. And it's going to be Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson Friday, November 23rd, the day after Thanksgiving, at Shadow Creek Golf Course in Las Vegas. Friday, November 23rd, in Las Vegas. It's going to be on pay-per-view. Pay-per-view. That's right. Turner Sports is going to produce it. So what's it going to be? Bleacher Report Live, the Bleacher Report Live platform, also on DirecTV and AT&T U-verse. I don't know what AT&T U-verse is. And to be honest with you, no disrespect to Bleacher Report Live, I don't know what that is either. I assume it's just on their website. you got to pay for it. And you can watch. Uh, they must have a streaming service you got to pay for. Okay. Uh, and it's it's produced by Turner Sports. It's going to be pay-per-view. The reason I think it has to be, you know, people will put up a stink like, are you kidding me? I got to pay to watch this. 
Well, I think the reason for that is that because both Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson are PGA Tour members, because of that, their TV rights are owned by the PGA Tour, so they can't do it on CBS, they can't do it on NBC or the Golf Channel. Um, they can't. I think they have to do it on on a platform that's sort of a pay per view. I think that's the way it has to be if it's going to be on TV. Uh, now, the PGA Tour, the reason I say that is the PGA Tour actually did play a role in the winnings for this one-on-one showdown because originally, as I said, this was going to be Tiger vs. Phil for $10 million winner-take-all. The PGA Tour has talked them down to $9 million winner-take-all because... <laughs> The FedEx Cup playoff winner, the FedEx Cup playoff champion, gets $10 million. So they didn't want the winner of Tiger vs. Phil, winner-takes-all on pay-per-view. They don't want those winnings to be the same amount of winnings as the FedEx Cup playoffs. And Tiger and Phil, I don't know how those conversations went, but apparently they said, okay, fine, it'll be $9 mil. <laughs> So, I mean, I don't know how seriously, they probably, they probably rolled their eyes at that. Right. But they said, okay, yeah, yeah, we understand. All right. Yeah, we'll do less than 10 mil. We'll do 9 mil. <laughs> I mean, kind of a slap in the face to the PGA Tour. But uh, they're going to have it $9 million, winner takes all. And the PGA Tour actually knocked them down from 10 mil because they don't want that amount to be the same as the FedEx Cup champion getting 10 mil. They want to still have that prestigious prize. They don't want Tiger Phil to have have the same amount of winnings. It's that's just the golf world for you, but it, I'll watch. I'll pay to watch. I think I'll pay to watch this. I think I'll pay to watch this. I say that now. Thanksgiving weekend, right? Eh, in football mode. How am I going am I going to want to pay sit down and watch this on Friday, November 23rd? I I say it now I'll watch. I in all Honestly, I do not know how I'm going to feel on Thanksgiving weekend, November 23rd. Am I going to want to sit there and watch Tiger vs. Phil and have to pay to watch that? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, so we'll see when we get there how I feel about it. Right now, I'm interested. I might not be interested on November 23rd, but maybe that's where the gambling comes in. And Tiger Woods is the favorite right now at minus one. 85, and I think, you know, that's the right thing given the way Tiger Woods has been playing. So, uh, yeah, that's what we got. Tiger vs. Phil, November 23rd, Thanksgiving weekend in Las Vegas. And uh, I will be back again after Labor Day. Enjoy next week. Enjoy Labor Day weekend. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. Also, subscribe to this podcast wherever podcasts are available. iTunes, Spotify, Podcast One, you name it. Search The Danny Picard Show. Hit subscribe also on my website, dannypicard.com. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy next week. Enjoy Labor Day weekend. I will be back on Tuesday, September 4th. I'm out. Talk to you then.